Hi, welcome to the Romance Me Podcast. This is Erica. And I'm Em. And we'd like to say a special hello to our number one and only fan. There can only be one. Like in Highlander. Mm-hmm. Yes. And fan. There can only be one. True story. Yeah, I was kind of doing a thing. I like it. Today we'll be discussing Bound to the Battle God by Ruby Dixon. When Faith goes to check on a sound in an empty apartment, she inadvertently finds herself a plaything of the gods as she is sent to another world where she is now the low woman on the totem pole. All she wants to do is go home where she's a slave to the dollar and not a sex slave or sacrificial lamb. The arrogant battle god Aaron is being taught a lesson by the High Father when he's sent to walk amongst the mortals, who he assumes will be eager to provide him aid. They're not. His sole supporter is Faith, as she considers him her ticket out of trouble. Soon, the two set out to win Aaron's battle to return back to the ether. As they trek across the countryside and plan for victory, will God Aaron keep taking his faith for granted, or will he move Ether and Aeos to remain anchored forever? There will be spoilers beyond this point. We have a content warning for dubious consent, non-consent, and slavery, including sex slavery. Mm. Yay! Hey, at least I didn't yay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oops. (laughs) You spoke too soon. There was yaying to be had. I said at least I didn't yay. So technically (laughs) still accurate. (laughs) Technically accurate is the best kind of accuracy. (laughs) So should we jump into Faith's predicament that she finds herself in a world that looks at her and says, I know what you need to be. It's enslaved and then sacrificed. (laughs) Oh, poor Faith. She's just your average nine to fiver working lady. Person insurance. (laughs) She lives in an apartment by herself. She's fine. Her life is okay. Average, I would say. Yeah, worst ways to live. And then one day she hears a sound coming from the apartment next door and she thinks, oh, the neighbors are too loud. And she calls the apartment manager and the guy who owns the building says, oh, no, that apartment's still empty. Faith is like, what? And she becomes kind of obsessed. It's like this little mystery for her. (laughs) It affects her work. Even she goes a few days, I think, where she's just kind of obsessing over it. And one day her work friend and her go out for lunch and on the walk back to work, Faith sees a fortune teller building or something. Was it like a palm reader or something? And she's like, oh, we have to go there. And her coworker thinks Faith is all crazy. And Faith is like, no, no, I am not crazy. You're crazy. (laughs) So the fortune teller (laughs) seems to be legit. She takes one look at Faith and she's like, oh, you're not normal. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you look like you've been walking through spider webs. Faith is like, what? <laughs> but at the same time, she's also, I think, glad to have her crazy validated because she's been obsessed with this apartment. Mm-hmm. The fortune teller does a tarot reading for her, has Faith shuffle the cards and then pulls out three cards. And the first card is the King of Pentacles. The second card is the lovers and the third card is the world reversed. The way the fortune teller explains it is like, you're going to meet a man who's basically like a force of nature. (laughs) And Faith's like, "Um, I don't know anyone like that. 
And the fortune teller is like, oh, well, you want to know what he is to you? And then she pulls the lover's card. <laughs> it's like, excuse you much? <laughs> <laughs> and then when she pulls the world reversed, she says, oh, normally when it's not reversed, it means a journey is at its end. But since it's reversed, it means you're about to begin a journey. Yay. Faith is feeling validated. Yes. After this experience, and then I believe it's that night, she decides she's going to break into the apartment next door to investigate it. <laughs> of course. I, uh, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the weird thing about these noises, though, is she tried to record them, and they weren't on the recording. <laughs> that sounds spooky. <laughs> so, of course, she's going to go break into this apartment all by herself that's logical so she breaks into the apartment with a credit card as you do of course and it's empty she's kind of disappointed it looks like a normal apartment it's kind of dusty kind of dirty hasn't been lived in for a while and then i believe she starts hearing noises from the bedroom the same noises she steals herself for a moment and then she decides to open the door and investigate and when she opens the door and steps through, it's daylight and outside. Of course. <laughs> That's not disorienting. <laughs> no, not at all. And she's, by the way, she's wearing PJs. Like she's wearing a little, I think like a little pajama top and shorts or something. No shoes. This place that she's transported to seems to be completely foreign. She doesn't recognize it at all. Kind of medieval-esque. I would say, you know, there's poop in the streets and markets and a big wall around the city. Wasn't it described as like Game of Thrones-esque? <laughs> I, so. I think so. She talks to a couple people, but no one's really friendly. She ends up finding out that the city's called Aventine, but no one really wants to talk to her. <laughs> and as, <laughs> as she proceeds into the marketplace, a soldier stops her. He says something like, where's your allegiance? Where's your symbol of allegiance? And Faith is like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Faith is kind of like a feisty heroine, I would say. Kind of sarcastic. Yeah. And she really takes no shit. She really doesn't. She really doesn't. I appreciated that. <laughs> yeah. But the soldier doesn't like that she doesn't have a symbol of allegiance because they're at war and so she's going to be a slave now enjoy lucky her yeah we get a time jump of two days she's been spending these two days in a slave pen they took her clothes and gave her like a skirt faith is pretty upset about the tits out sort of style that slaves have to wear <laughs> i would be too <laughs> Yes. <laughs> she did that thing where she pulls the skirt up over the boobage. So it's like a little mini dress. <laughs> she doesn't really like being a slave, but it hasn't been. I don't think it's been terrible so far because she's kind of just in a holding pen. Like she's for sale. Yeah. Come look at the product. I mean, people. I mean. Yay. <laughs> after. <laughs> after. A couple days, another soldier named Sinan buys her because she's a blonde and says she's going to be a cleaver bride. 
Faith would like to know more, but Sinan does not want to tell her more because he thinks she's a slave. He doesn't give a shit about her. They put a collar around her neck. She's got like a leash and he just kind of drags her, walks her across town into this kind of nice area that turns out to be a temple and Faith is put into, I guess, another holding area with a bunch of other blonde women (laughs) who are also wearing the wonderful slave garb. She learns that she's now a cleaver bride. So what that means. Yes. The author has created this entirely new kind of pantheon and mythology for this story, which I really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. Me too. The battle god from the title is the god that is worshipped in this temple. So he is Aaron, Lord of Storms, Butcher God of Battle. (laughs) Raw. (laughs) So he's kind of a scary god. He does not sound cuddly. You know, kind of like a Ares or a or a Thor, maybe, sort of. Yeah, some sort of combo of that. There's a big statue of him in the temple. He looks scary, like scary hot, though. He's got like this big scar over one of his eyes. He's got this huge axe. He looks mean, but hot. <laughs> As appropriate, I would think. Yeah. At the point that the story begins pretty much everyone kind of just takes this as like a holiday (laughs) we learn that it's called the anticipation it's the special holiday where everyone gets together at the temple a bunch of blondes are given to the religious leader and the prelate selects one of the cleaver brides to serve him for the entire year and that quote-unquote lucky one that's picked then gets to live a life of luxury. Meanwhile, all the other cleaver brides are then sacrificed to the god to honor him. Woohoo! Faith would like to know more. That's fair. She buddies up to one of the other blonde women who seems kind of young, kind of at an icky level of young, gets a little bit more info out of her. She really wants to be selected because she doesn't want to die. I mean... (laughs) That's fair. Yeah. I don't think she really understands what the anticipation is at this point. I think, though, for purposes of (laughs) summarizing the story, I'll explain it now. (laughs) (laughs) So part of this mythology that the author has created involves this event called the anticipation that happens, I think, annually... Or they celebrate it annually? They might celebrate it annually, but I think it only happens when the high god gets a burr up his ass. Which is worded a lot better in the text. (laughs) Right, and it's been, I believe, generations since it actually happened the last time. Yeah, nobody that she speaks to really has a firm grasp of it, because it's been... Like you said, generations since this happened, long, which to me suggests at least great-grandparent level. Right. Long enough for it to not feel real, I think. Yeah. Long enough for the religion surrounding it to become more corrupt and the leaders start doing what they want instead of actually... <laughs> so he said that wouldn't take very long. What they're supposed to do. But yeah. <laughs> 
Well, yeah, no, that's true. It, it may not take very long, but... <laughs> anyway, the anticipation is when the High Father, which is the big bad god of all, gets pissed off at all the lesser gods because they've all become corrupted, too removed from humanity, and casts them out of the ether, which is kind of like heaven or, I don't know, whatever, Olympus whatever you want to call it. Am I going to get in trouble for <laughs> making heaven and Olympus equal? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Fuck it. Each god that's cast out is separated into four different aspects. So there's four, I guess, sins, really. And those are arrogance, lies, hedonism, and apathy. And so the god is sent out of the ether, broken up into these four aspects, which manifest in different parts of the world. Then they kind of do a Highlander sort of thing where they try to kill each other. The last surviving aspect retains its memories and reascends to the ether, where they are now renewed, freshly rejuvenated God again. Eh? Is that okay? Yep. I think that's accurate. Part of the whole thing is each aspect has to have an anchor. So they need to have a human that they are anchored to. And this is like a legit anchor. Like they're tethered to each other spiritually, psychically. I don't know. Magically. <laughs> magically. <laughs> that's how I thought of it. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. Magically. The anchor is supposed to know all this. And be able to explain all this to the god. They're supposed to guide the god, help them on their journey to kill the other aspects so that they can successfully return full godhood. But because this hasn't happened in so long, I don't think anyone's been prepared to be an anchor for Aaron <laughs> for quite a long time. <laughs> I don't think anyone takes Aaron seriously, at least in this area. Of the world. Yeah. <laughs> They're just there to feast and then sacrifice some hot blondes. Lucky them. I mean, that's basically it, right? Yeah. The prelate has kind of become this whole, I don't know, it, to, to further with the tarot thing, he's kind of the Hierophant, right, of the story? Yeah. He's a corrupted, drunk on power sort of guy. He doesn't think there's anything wrong with the way they're doing things now <laughs> the gods would want me to be in power so obviously mm -hmm. <laughs> they would want me to sacrifice blondes well what what good are blondes anyway right em exactly <laughs> should i say that one of us is blonde <laughs> <laughs> sure is that important for the <laughs> for the context of the joke <laughs> If you're going to keep the joke, then yeah, maybe. <laughs> if you're going to cut the joke, then no. Uh, okay. Or are we blonde? Hmm. Maybe we're lying. <laughs> are there two of us or just one of us that's really good at talking to herself? <laughs> Who's to know? <laughs> I'm not telling. 
<laughs> Anyways, to kind of dial it back again, Faith doesn't know any of this. This is all just context for listeners. Our one and only, our one and only listener. Faith learns this over the course of the story, obviously. She's not really troubled by any of that. She's more troubled by the fact that she's going to be sacrificed at dawn and would like to escape, please. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the prelate does this weird choosy thing where he goes and like looks at each woman, leers at them, gropes them. He wants to see Faith's breasts and demands she pull her skirt down to her waist and Faith is like, fuck you. <laughs> And this is the hill I'm dying on. <laughs> she gets bypassed. <laughs> the one slave that Faith buddied up to ends up getting chosen. She seems to be happy. Faith is trying really hard to be happy for her. But I think she's just kind of in the back of her mind worried. Like, I hope that's what she wants. Yeah. Hope it turns out okay. Everyone except for the slave women start feasting. It's a big old party. And then suddenly all the torches go out at once and it's dark and Faith is like, good, it's my chance. And she starts looking for a way to get out. But before she can, someone lights a torch and then everyone notices that the giant throne now contains an actual god in it. <laughs> Surprise! Aaron has arrived. <laughs> Aaron is really pissy. <laughs> really pissy he is not amused at all <laughs> well you know he basically <laughs> just got cast out of was it olympus yeah essentially the ether because his dad didn't like him or didn't like what he was doing <laughs> he's called father hi father he's like you need to straighten up son he is more scary and more hot than the statue. <laughs> we learn that he has two different color eyes. That's important for later. The prelate tries to cozy up to him pretty quickly, but Aaron is taking none of his shit. At some point, um, I think the prelate tells him he needs to have an anchor to guide him. And Aaron's like, who's going to be my anchor? You? And the prelate's like, um, if you want. Aaron's like, fuck no. <laughs> not you. You're not eager. Ew. <laughs> they have to want it. They have to be willing. Yeah. I don't know if they have to be eager, but they have to volunteer. <laughs> one of them, I don't remember which one, asks for a volunteer to step forward and no one steps forward. Mm -hmm. And Faith is sitting back watching this go on and she's thinking to herself, Wow, actual gods exist in this world. Well, if anyone can help me get back home, which is all I want, it would be this god here. <laughs> so maybe I should ally with him. <laughs> mm -hmm. She volunteers and Aaron looks at her. He's like, okay, fine. And he holds out his hand and she grips his hand and there's like this electric kind of lightning sort of shock feeling. And now they're magically tethered, for better or worse. Go them. Yay? Yay. Pretty much instantly, Faith is now super duper hungry. So this is another thing that takes a while to really come to light in the story. But part of being the anchor for the god aspect means that you eat, drink, sleep for the god. And if you 
die, <laughs> then the aspect dies. They're wiped out, their memories are gone, and they're reincorporated into the remaining aspects. Uh-oh. So, <laughs> unbeknownst to Faith, <laughs> now everyone's going to want to kill her. Yay! Lucky girl. One of the funny things in this story that I really enjoyed is that the main character's name is Faith. Mm-hmm. The world that she gets sent to, everyone thinks that name is odd. Some of them even call her Faithful <laughs> instead of Faith. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Faith is kind of pissed off about it. <laughs> <laughs> To be fair, she's pissed off about a lot in this world. Mm. (laughs) But (laughs) anyways, she gets served a bunch of food. I think she gets a pillow to sit at Aaron's feet. And the party continues. The prelate is kind of pissed off that his thunder has been stolen. (laughs) (laughs) He's no longer the biggest, baddest guy in the room, I guess. He's kind of mad about it. Faith is still hyper-focused on the fact that they're going to sacrifice a bunch of blondes at the end of the party. (laughs) And she decides she's going to try to get Aaron to save the blondes. Like, he must be able to stop this, right? He's the god of the situation. Does she even ask him? She just starts on trying to convince him, really, to save the other women. And Aaron's like, shut up. I'll handle it. (laughs) I just love this whole first scene with Aaron. Like, he's such a dick. He really such is. Such a dick, and it's hilarious. <laughs> it is so hilarious. I don't know. He calls the prelate over, and he's like, why are these women here? Why would you sacrifice them? Is this in the scrolls? Is any of this in the scrolls? <laughs> the prelate's like, uh, no. Not really. But we thought you like it. <laughs> Do you not like it? So anyway, the other women are are set free. Well, they're not really set free, are they? They're just not going to be killed anymore. Hey, that can be a big win. <laughs> you know, just not getting murdered is nice. You know? <laughs> True. Let's call it a win. Yes. I think they're going to have to serve in the temple now or something, but they're all super happy about that because... Their god set them free. Of course they want to serve him. Why wouldn't they? Hmm. Faith now has the ability to focus on other things and the impending doom of all the blondes. And she sees the prelate kind of talking to, I think, her former owner, Sinan, in the shadows. They look really untrustworthy. Faith's kind of worried about it. She suggests to Aaron that she go figure out where they're going to sleep for the night. Aaron's like, um, what is the sleep you speak of? <laughs> but okay, fine. Faith goes over there and the prelate tries to bribe her into, I guess, siding with them. Oh, we'll give you whatever you want if you'll control him or something. Yes. We'd love to curry the god's favor. Right. <laughs> he seems grumpy. If you can make him less grumpy, we'll give you shit. He is so grumpy. He is the grumpiest grumper ever. Yes. Not only is he grumpy, he's an ass. Yes. He's a very grumpy ass. He's not a nice grump. He's an asshole. Agreed. But in a funny way, the author does a really good job of writing that alpha hole line. Like, I don't hate him. (laughs) No, neither did I. 
I think we we talked about this pre-podcast, but it seems like the alpha thing gets repackaged. This thing is an alpha, and this thing acts like an alpha, and it's okay because they're a werewolf or they're a whatever. Which, the whole alpha thing is bullcrap, but whatever. It works with Aaron, and what I assume will probably be happening like through the rest of the series. Because they are gods, of course they're going to have these alpha-like qualities. Yes. And be grumpy on a on a god scale, because they're deities. Especially if they're the aspect of arrogance, which is what Eren is. Yes. And they basically get to do what they want, except for the High Father. You can make them put the T-Bird away. <laughs> They'll have fun, fun, fun. Mm-hmm. They want to have fun, fun, fun. Poor gods. No fun for them. Yeah, I, I agree with you because I think that it's a lot easier to take that kind of behavior from a domineering aspect of arrogance who's <laughs> a god. Yes. Like a literal god <laughs> than it is to take from pretty much any other character. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying this is the only alpha hole that I've ever enjoyed because that's not true. But I think this might be the only alpha hole that I found likable by the end of the story. (laughs) So I would call that a major win for the author, honestly. Yay! (laughs) I know some readers really like that trope, and I don't want to yuck what you're into at all. It's just my preference. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I was saying. If people are into it, that's great. Clearly they must, because I think the stories sell. Yeah, it's a thing. Faith kind of has a moment where she considers, do I betray Aaron or do I tell these guys to fuck off? And it's not a huge quandary for her because these guys are obviously jerks and Aaron has saved all the blondes. (laughs) I mean, which asshole do you want to side with? Mm -hmm. The one that enslaved you and dragged you around by a chain attached to your neck? Or the one that saved all the blondes. (laughs) No chain, please. And is a literal god. (laughs) She says she's not interested. They look pissed. She asks where she and Aaron can spend the night. The prelate gives them his quarters, I believe. Because they're the best ones. Hmm. It's a wonder. And Faith and Aaron go to their quarters for the night. Faith is trying to explain sleep to a god. (laughs) She's really suspicious. She is so suspicious. She goes and looks around the whole room for hidden entrances. She finds one and she blocks it off. Aaron is watching her like she's crazy. He's like, these are my people. Like, they worship me. I don't know why you're doing this. And then when they try to sleep, Aaron keeps waking like faith keeps dozing off and then aaron keeps waking her up with questions okay i closed my eyes now what (laughs) okay i waited now what (laughs) turns out he doesn't need to sleep no and i don't know that he really cares that faith does at this point in the story he doesn't understand what being anchored really means neither of them do so faith was right to be worried because they are attacked in the room They don't seem to be going after Aaron. They seem to be going after her. Lucky her. (laughs) God's luck is not upon her. No. (laughs) Aaron grabs this display battle axe off 
off the wall. He he just goes to town and he's very successful. <laughs> Kills everyone. It's fine. Faith starts going through the pockets of all the bodies and Aaron is again looking at her just kind of disgusted. Like, why are you doing this? Why are you robbing the dead? I don't understand. <laughs> Faith is like, did you not just see that they came here to attack us? Hello. They might have cool shit, dude. And they don't need it anymore. <laughs> Let's take their money and their clothes and leave. What? She convinces him to dress up like a guard. She also dresses in guard clothing and they leave the temple. There's a bit of wandering around town. It's kind of, I don't know, there's this whole angsty bitch. I think she goes to a tavern and talks to some people and figures out that they should go to Catharn, which is another city. And she convinces Aaron again, yes. This is where we should be going. And Aaron is like, oh, yes, I know Catharn. Of course. <laughs> he's starting to get some memories, I think. But he's been super unaware of the human realm up to this point. So they manage to get out of the city. They leave the city walls. And on the other side, there's nothing but just dead, flat land. It's just horrible. Faith is surprised like she expected there to be something else beyond the walls <laughs> like literally anything Aaron remembers or knows why it's like that he explains to her that the magic goddess Tadeka has this citadel kind of off a ways and she sucks up all the life force from all the surrounding land to fuel her magic and she doesn't give a shit about the land and that's why Aventine is at war, because they're at war with the Citadel. He's aware of this, I guess, because he's the god of battle and they've been praying to him. <laughs> Help us. <laughs> and he's like, um, I have my own issues right now. So they walk and walk and walk and walk and it's horrible. It's just this horrible, wretched, awful journey. Aaron has long legs and he won't slow down for her. And Faith is just starving. She's feeling dehydrated. She's not doing well. She's just trying to keep up. And Aaron just doesn't really give a shit about her. Doesn't seem to want to stop. Doesn't seem to need to stop. And finally, Faith has a little tantrum. <laughs> a understandable tantrum. And she just refuses to go on. She's like, yeah, no, I'm resting. <laughs> Aaron says, this isn't safe here. You need to keep going. We need we need to keep going. Faith is like, well, you can go. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I'm not moving on yet. And Aaron does. He just leaves her ass behind. And Faith sits there for a while. And then she kind of, I think her adult brain reemerges. Because she's been able to sit. Yeah. <laughs> so she can take a minute to think rather than just huffing it. And she is like, this is stupid. I'm going to keep going. And she thinks maybe she'll try to catch up with him. So as she's walking, trying to catch up to Aaron, she's captured by some men on what she calls, what were they like, land hippos or something? That's what she calls them. Yeah. Most of the people in this book ride this type of creature that's called a wool. It looks like a land hippo, apparently. She's captured and they take her to the citadel as she gets further and further away from Aaron, she becomes overcome with blinding pain, so much so that she's like screaming in agony. And this apparently lasts for days, I think. She's blacking out. There's a couple times she wakes up, 
Tedeka, the goddess, is there. She seems amused by this whole thing, which is, ugh. Again, I mean, Aaron's not the only asshole in this book. <laughs> no. Assholes aplenty. But then one day, Faith wakes up and she's not in pain anymore. And I was like, what the hell happened? Well, that's a nice sensation. <laughs> yeah. She learns that Aaron has come to the Citadel. Tadeka has her people clean Faith up and she's given this gauzy, see-through, sexy robe thing to wear. Faith is like, is modesty not a thing here? I don't <laughs> understand. Do people not have bras and panties here? I would like some, please. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, she's dressed as much as she can be. She learns during this point that the reason she was in so much pain is because she and Aaron were too far apart. Apparently, they need to be closer for her to not hurt. So that's nice. <laughs> she's reunited with Aaron and she's super happy to see him. I don't know why. I guess it's like, you know, if I have to be with an asshole, it might as well be my asshole. I got the impression that she was just like super alone you know what i mean it's a scary thing to be somewhere you don't understand completely by yourself this is the point of the story where she starts seeing their relationship as a partnership mm -hmm. she's not aaron's anchor she's his buddy mm -hmm. <laughs> they're they're in a buddy story My buddy. and mm -hmm. they're gonna help each other out <laughs> supposedly she also i think struggles with the idea of Aaron being an actual god or an aspect of a god. Faith doesn't seem to really have much of a religious background or any religious proclivities. There's one point in the story where she says in her world there's one god, so I'm assuming she's talking about some monotheistic religion like Christianity, but the author doesn't really go into it. Which is just so funny considering she's named Faith. I know. Like her parents maybe were of a religious inclination i mean considering you would think doesn't mean she is but but one of the interesting things about faith and one of the things that aaron seems to like about faith is she's not afraid of him at all she's like well you're stuck with me so enjoy i think she's too busy being mad at him to be afraid of him yeah and she's like i'm i'm stuck with you but you're stuck with me so there <laughs> sucker but Aaron seems to really appreciate this about her because she doesn't take his shit and he has a lot of shit to dish out. Mm -hmm. So anyway, they're reunited. They're in Tadeka's throne room area. Tadeka has like a, another throne brought in for Aaron and she's like, oh, enjoy my hospitality since you're here. Um, Aaron has told Faith that he and Tadeka are historically not friends. <laughs> so he's a little concerned about this. I think Tadeka is hoping to take advantage of Aaron's ignorance at this point. Like, oh, yeah, see, we can be friends. We can partner up. Mm -hmm. We can do stuff. Screw the high father. Mm -hmm. And we learn, <laughs> we learn that Tadeka has been there since the last anticipation at some point in the story. <laughs> so. <laughs> nope, I'm not going back. <laughs> That's why the land is so fucked up. Because she's been there for generations. Some worshippers of Tadeka come out and they're dancing and it's like a sexy dance. And then it kind of turns into like actual sex. 
Faith is kind of like, what the hell is going on over here? I don't (laughs) understand why I'm feeling turned on right now, too. I shouldn't be into this. This is a dangerous, unknown situation, but I kind of like it. And then she looks over at Tadeka and like one of her servants is like going down on her or something. And it's just like, it's basically an orgy. Mm -hmm. Faith is super affected. She becomes pretty horny, pretty lusty, kind of almost in a painful way where she feels like it's really urgent. And she's trying to do sexy stuff with Aaron and he's looking at her like, um, no, she's trying to go down on him or whatever. He says, this isn't like you. But eventually he does start fingering her and he's like, I don't think you're going to like this, but fine. Here, whatever. Um, This is where the dubious consent comes in for me, because what Faith is being affected by is the aspect of Tadeka, who turns out to be the aspect of hedonism. Hedonism isn't just sexy stuff, though. It's not just lust. But I guess that's what Tadeka's into. She enjoys that. They end up going to their room. I don't think Faith really remembers how she gets transported there. She's kind of fingered to oblivion, really. Bye-bye, brain. Yeah. She's, she's, it's like a overwhelming sense of like an aphrodisiac or something. I don't know. When she wakes up in the morning, Aaron is not happy. Surprise, surprise. He's like, we need to leave. This isn't safe for us to be here. Faith is like, yeah, I agree. I don't want to be here either. That was really fucking embarrassing what happened yesterday. (laughs) I feel like Aaron was pretty cool about it because he didn't really bring it up too much. And he totally could have, especially being the arrogant one. Yeah. He didn't rub it in, really, I think. Mm. And he really kind of understood that it wasn't Faith that wanted it. It was just being affected by the hedonism. Yes. I don't know. I mean, we're not in Aaron's head, so it's hard to say. But I kind of feel like maybe he thought he was doing her a kindness by getting her off. Yeah. Like, well, we're stuck here and (laughs) you're obviously in need or pain who do you think it was more like a you're just gonna keep bugging me for this (laughs) it could have been that you know who says he isn't even a little bit turned on well he reveals later that he was that he was also affected so yeah it's hard to say it's kind of a uncomfortable situation for them both probably yes we learn that the citadel is under attack by Aventine, so Aaron's soldiers or the people that worship him are now attacking the Citadel because they're angry about the dead land. There's soldiers, there's fighting. Aaron's like, well, we could go out there, but I don't know if I could protect you from all of them and they'd be going for you because that's apparently how they hurt me. <laughs> Faith is like, well, how about I make a rope out of all the sheets and everything and we go out the window? Aaron kind of thinks this is idiotic, but (laughs) Faith does it anyway. And she makes a really, 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 really long rope. They secure it to, I think, the bed or something. And Aaron starts climbing down. The Citadel is made out of, like, crystal or glass or something. And it's floating. Erica. So, There was someone in jail who just did that. They got out of jail because of bedsheet rope. Really? Yeah. (laughs) 
So it's completely valid, <laughs> apparently. Oh, that's funny. I think it was a more complicated exit than that, but yeah. Allegedly, if if the news thing can be believed. That is kind of funny, because it is kind of a trope, right? Mm-hmm. Like, making a rope out of bed sheets. Oh, yeah, it was always in those 1930s and 40s movies and stuff, yeah. Never knocks simplicity. If it works, it works. Mm-hmm. So, they start climbing down until Aaron realizes that the rope is a little too short, by, like, probably 50 feet or something. A height that would kill Faith to fall from. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. They're just kind of stuck there now. <laughs> they don't even really get a chance to really to to argue about what they're going to do next because the attackers brought like a was it trebu- trebuchet 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 Tre- trebuchet I thought it's French. Anyway, the attackers brought a thing that throws things at the thing. <laughs> yeah, like a big arm where you put a rock in it and you fling it at them. That's a trebuchet. Yeah, I, I know what it is. I just can't <laughs> you don't want to say it. it. <laughs> and that breaks part of the citadel and they end up falling. And Aaron manages to catch Faith and maneuver so that Faith lands on top of him. And he lands on top of the shards of crystal. It's evident at this point in the story that Aaron has realized that if Faith dies, he's going to die. Or his aspect will. He's starting to feel more protective of her. But that doesn't mean he's not an asshole. They don't really rest after they fall to the ground and almost die. They instead continue on traveling to Catharn. As they're traveling, they hear the Citadel fall. So apparently Aventine was victorious. Yay, a win for Aaron. Aaron tries to explain all this to Faith. Faith is just... She's upset that, like, all the servants and worshippers of Tadeka presumably died when the Citadel fell because they were up in the sky in a crystal palace, and now they are not. (laughs) And Tadeka died, presumably, because her anchor would have died, and Faith feels pretty conflicted about the whole thing. Aaron is like, yeah, well, she was doing bad stuff for the land, and those people chose to serve her anyway. So, sucks to be them, I guess. (laughs) He's still pretty removed from humanity, I would say. I feel like this is the start of a turning point for him because he does care about Faith. Yes. Minimally, at this point in the story. At least if he cares about himself, he cares about Faith. Which, I don't really remember if Faith ever had that consideration. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Because she, she seemed to think things through quite a bit, but yeah, she never really thought that. And I was like, oh, okay. Which I guess I just chalked it up yeah. to like romance stuff. Yeah, I think she kind of could tell that the way he acted with her changed. But as far as his motivations, I think she at some point kind of questions like how much he could possibly care for her. Yes. But I think she does seem to think that any caring he is doing for her is motivated by him caring for her, not about his own survival. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't really think about that. I was too caught up. (laughs) I would have been Faith in this story. Obviously, he's doing it because he cares about me. (laughs) 
So at one point, Aaron realizes that Faith isn't just a lazy bum. She's actually really suffering and struggling. So he stops so she can rest. And at that point, she realizes he's had crystal shards in his back this whole time. (laughs) Tis but a scratch. Which he's not commented on or done anything (laughs) about. So they've been marching through like this desolate wasteland. (laughs) And he's got these shards in his back. So, all right. She decides she's going to help him since he's stopped to rest for her. She's like, oh, I'll be nice to you, too. She picks the the shards out of his back and then they keep on keeping on. There's one point where Faith is obviously suffering, like she's dehydrated, she's starving, she's exhausted. She's been through a lot, guys. And Aaron tells her she's not allowed to die. It's been a day. And Aaron tells her she's not allowed to die. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, then. Yeah, sure. Okay, buddy. Who made you God? I guess. The High Father. <laughs> Presumably. I mean, I don't know the the history, but... Eventually, she gets so thirsty, she's, like, feeling like she's going to pass out. She's severely dehydrated and overheated, and she asks Aaron if he can make it rain. And he says, why? And she says, I need to drink. And he says, okay. And so he does make it rain, but it makes Faith's head hurt. So that's another part of being an anchor that... <laughs> neither of them really realize until later is that he draws on her life force to do any magic while he's anchored. Being an anchor sounds like such a horrible position. Yeah, it doesn't sound fun. I don't know that anyone in the Aventine Temple knew that because it seemed like they were kind of removed from this part of the religion, but (laughs) if they did, (laughs) I'm not really surprised that no one volunteered. No, I think they were too scared because he was grumpy. Faith is not doing well. She's just not. She's had a bad time (laughs) and it's not getting better. And she's ill at this point. She is just not regaining health. And they make it to this monk's house who he actually serves a different god, but he's super excited to meet Aaron or this particular aspect of Aaron he introduces himself his name is Omos he helps take care of Faith for Faith this part of the story is kind of a vacation I think she (laughs) she gets to stop traveling she gets to eat food she gets to rest she has this guy here who knows all sorts of lore about the world and is willing to tell her about it Omos gives them his money and his food and basically anything they could possibly want or need that he is able to provide and gets them all set up to continue their travel. They they learn like what Aaron's goal is at this point. Oh, I have to kill the other aspects. I got it. I think it's this point that Faith learns that Aaron is arrogance, isn't it? Like where she really figures it out that he's the aspect of arrogance. Yeah, I think so. And Omos kind of gives her that talking to, you just have to accept him for what he is. He can't help it. Which, (laughs) you know, so often in these books, the (laughs) heroine gets this sort of conversation. (laughs) No, he's just like that. And you have to accept it. You must love all of him. 
And it's really no different in this book. I think I let it slide more because he is a god and he literally can't help it because the High Father has decreed this. Yes. So we're kind of locked into that part of the story more so than pretty much any other story I've read with this sort of character and this sort of conversation. And so I just kind of let it slide. (laughs) Like, okay, almost. Thanks. Appreciate you. But Faith takes that to heart and and she, I don't even know if it's a conscious decision. She just now reminds herself all the time, well, he's arrogance. That's just how he is. <laughs> well, obviously he'd say it that way because he's arrogance. This is also the point where she learns how the other aspects kill each other is by killing the anchor and that she's eating and sleeping and all that for two. she has to eat a god level amount of food (laughs) faith and aaron do a bit of strategizing too faith is worried about aaron's strategy because she is concerned that it's colored by his arrogance you know is he assuming he'll prevail because he's arrogant or because he actually knows that this is a good strategy she helps temper him though because she reminds him that well you know you you know what other aspects of you would do because they're you they decide to try to go after hedonism first faith faith is kind of hung up on hedonism she thinks it's the lusty aspect but it's not just lust and aaron says no for me it would also include battle because i like battle (laughs) i'm into it i think he says the spilling of blood pleases me (laughs) During this time period, they get to know each other a little bit better, too. It's interesting because even though Aaron has been traveling with Faith this whole time, he hasn't really given much of a shit about her. He just hasn't. He's self-absorbed. But he asks her again, like, where you're from and all this. And he thinks that he imagines that the reason she was able to come to his world was because when he got cast out and the other gods got cast out the boundaries between the worlds became thin enough and that enabled her to get pulled into his world and not only that but like faith has i guess cushioned all opinions all negative opinions of aaron at this point with the excuse of oh he's arrogant so it's fine so after about a week with omos they decide to leave it's time to go they don't want to bring trouble to omos's doorstep As they're traveling, again, Faith is starting to feel like a crush, maybe, I would say at this point. Like, she's decided he's hot, and she's thinking about what they did at the Citadel, and she's not really remembering it in a bad light. Hmm, I wonder what it would be like to do that for real, (laughs) you know, where we both want to. Mm. Something that I thought was really funny about this book is they do a lot of traveling, (laughs) as they travel faith gets dirty she gets nasty she gets hungry she gets scraped up she's got all this stuff and aaron looks perfect (laughs) he is completely unaffected and anytime they come into like an area of civilization faith is like you do not blend in you stand out there's something obviously different about you and aaron is like well duh i'm a god (laughs) of course i stand out 
but she keeps getting him to pull a hood over his face to hide him and they finally make it to Catharn, I think, and they end up going to stay at a tavern and it seems fine. They're eating at a table and Faith gets this conversation started about where some other gods might be located. She's sneakier about it. Essentially, they get some intel about where different gods might be. Oh, Faith <laughs> Faith asks for a bath for Aaron at the tavern they stay there for the night or they plan to she really wants the bath for herself but she's <laughs> pretending you know she's Aaron's servant which she kind of is so when the bath is brought up Aaron just of course strips down and gets in as his due and expects her to wash him and everything while they're alone they talk a little bit more about what Aaron remembers about his past and stuff he talks about how one of the gods that he was friends with Kassam who was the god of the wild, never returned from the last anticipation. And Faith is just kind of weirded out by this information. Like, wait, I thought you guys all wanted to go back. So that's a seed for a future book, FYI. Mm. We learn what happened to Kassam. It's Faith's turn to have a bath. Aaron's checking her out. Faith is kind of wondering, is he actually checking me out? Or does he just not give a shit? <laughs> I don't know. Now it seems like people have realized that Aaron is there, like another god is there, and so they're trying to get into the room. Aaron and Faith escape through the window again, and they kind of do like a roof hopping sort of situation. They keep running. They go down through this sewer network that's under the city that's just disgusting. Like, so nasty. I can't even. Like, <laughs> just, oh. Let's not that. Faith is barefoot. She's just had a bath. <laughs> and now she's squelching through what she hopes is mud in this sewer system. It's just. <laughs> Meanwhile, Aaron is fine. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It must be nice to be a god sometimes. They go through the sewer system for a while and then they get to an exit point that comes out into a cemetery. And it seems kind of quiet and nice until they realize that the god of the dead has also been cast out of the ether, which means that the dead are no longer dead. And <laughs> they're trying to escape from their graves now. Isn't that great? <laughs> Yay. <laughs> it's really creepy. It's kind of like a, a zombie situation. I guess what happens when the god of the dead is no longer there is that the the spirits return to their vessels if the vessels are available. If the vessels are not, then I guess the spirits go to like this floaty gray land where they don't have anything to do. They just sit around and wait. Sounds great. Love it. Yay. But Aaron says if the god of the dead has been exiled, then that means all the gods have been exiled. And he's trying to figure out why. He thinks this is a bigger deal than he previously imagined. And he decides that instead of going to the coast to look for his other aspects, instead they should go to this bidet, which is the god of fate. Like any other mythology that I can think of, really, fate is in three parts, mm -hmm. three aspects, if you will, past, present, and future. Yes. In this mythology, it's really no different. They are kind of spider themed, though. I mean, they're called the spidae. 
may I remind you that earlier in the story, the fortune teller told Faith that it looked like she was in spider webs or something. So that lets us know that they've had a hand in this. We learn they do. Faith is like, fine, we'll go there, whatever you want. I'm leaving out all the great sarcastic conversations <laughs> between the two of them. I really suggest you read the book because it's hilarious. There's so many funny conversations where he's an ass and she snipes at him. And it's just so fun. It's a great dynamic. Yeah, it is. It's very fun. Oh, and I think it's around this point in the story, too, where Aaron has decided that when Faith sleeps, he's going to lay in bed with her because that's how he can best protect her. Mm. No other reason, mind you. Just protection. <laughs> and warmth mm -hmm. there's this other fun part where faith asks aaron to teach her to fight oh. and <laughs> he decides he will <laughs> and he tries her with a bunch of different weapons and <laughs> she sucks at all of them and then finally he gets like a big stick and he's like here she's like what do i do with this he's like you hit things with it <laughs> <laughs> she's like i could just walk around with a club and he's like yeah we'll decorate it it's fine <laughs> <laughs> he says quote uh throw some charms or fripperies on the end so it looks like an affectation instead of a weapon and then when they dismiss you for a soft female you hit them with it <laughs> he taps the knot at the end especially this part <laughs> he's just so matter of fact like dum-dum <laughs> hit him with the knobby end <laughs> so now it's raining it's just raining it's not gonna stop raining it keeps raining it's muddy it's nasty they're keeping on keeping on and then they come across this little house there's a farmer and his wife and the wife is hugely pregnant and i think she's holding a child as well and they're kneeling in the mud of their farm doing the special symbol that followers of Aaron do, which I think is two fists over the heart, like they're holding an axe. Yeah. They ask him for a blessing. They are like, oh, yes, we'll do whatever you want. We, we just want a blessing, please. Aaron's like, yes, you need to take care of my anchor. And they do. They feed her. They get them all warm by the fire. Faith tries to make nice with them. She's constantly trying to interface for Aaron like yes he's an asshole talk to me I'll handle it <laughs> they keep saying oh no we just need a blessing that's all we ask Faith eventually finds out that what the blessing they want is for the rain to stop I guess where they live the rain has been going on for days and it finally 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 comes out it takes a while <laughs> but Faith learns that Another aspect of Aaron, the aspect of lies had come by. Initially, they didn't realize who he was and they denied him. And then he ended up taking all their stuff and making it rain <laughs> forever as a reward. And they're now at the point where they're going to lose their livelihood because they have this farm and it's ruining their crops and they have babies. Faith, of course, soft hearted person that she is wants to intercede and she says well i'll just tell aaron to make the rain stop it's fine and he does because she asks him to even though he feels like it's his due they pay the farmer and his wife for anything that they take and it seems okay there is this one point though where 
Aaron again is explaining to Faith, like, no, I'm a god. I will take what I want to take and they will give it to me. <laughs> he even says something like, if I wanted your wife, would you give her to me? And the farmer's like, all we want is a blessing. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me answer that. We are faithful. We will do what you need or want. They leave the farm. They've got a, I think they got a wool at this point. One of the land hippos. Mm-hmm. Don't they? Yeah. They got the wool now, so they're riding it around. And then they come across one of Aaron's other aspects. And Aaron decides, okay, we're going to figure this out. You're going to hide up in a tree and I'm going to take out the guards one by one. You're going to throw rocks from the tree to distract them. It'll be great. Faith is like, are you sure? Aaron's like, of course. Obviously, it'll be fine. I'm arrogance. While Faith is up in the tree, she sees the other aspect of Aaron walking with a really attractive woman. And he ends up fucking her up against the tree. And this is really disturbing for Faith because he has Aaron's face and sounds just like Aaron. And yet he's not her Aaron. This, this is the first time when she's really confronted with the fact that Aaron is an aspect of the god Aaron. She learns that this is the Aaron of lies. All the people that this Aaron is with have this whole way of speaking with him where he'll talk to them and they'll do the opposite of what he says because they're all used to him. Yes. She calls him Bad Aaron, I believe, <laughs> in her head. Bad Aaron is telling his people that he's with, I sense, well, he says it backwards. He says, I do not sense my other aspect is here. Do not go look for him. Really, it means the opposite, obviously. Faith gets caught in the tree bad Aaron happens to find her and he tells her to get down and he says oh I won't hurt you which <laughs> she stupidly believes <laughs> she's figured out he's he's the the aspect of lies but takes him at his word and lying Aaron seems kind of fascinated with her too he's kind of into her <laughs> but he's like we can't have you sadly we're gonna kill you because you're the anchor of this other aspect. So bad lying Aaron is holding Faith down against the ground and he's taunting her. He's going to kill her. And then suddenly he just slowly fades away and disappears. <laughs> and then Faith realizes that good Aaron or <laughs> is he good? I don't know. Her Aaron has killed the anchor of the lying aspect it's kind of weird because her Aaron now is lying. He's trying to explain to her awkwardly because he's lying and can't prevent it. What happened? He incorporated the other aspect. I guess presumably hedonism and apathy also became lying at that point, right? That makes sense. Yeah. But anyway, he incorporated the other aspect. And so he's going to be lying for a while, but she's reassured. And now they have a crew, I guess. <laughs> they, <laughs> because the guards that were with, or were they mercenaries or soldiers? I'm not sure. But anyway, the, the guards that were with Lying Aaron swear loyalty to arrogance Aaron. They're like, yeah, no, we're just following you because we believe in the God of Storms. It's kind of odd they didn't really care which aspect they were following. They just wanted to help the God of Storms, I guess. 
I guess in some ways it makes sense because really the whole point of it is for them to reascend, right? Yeah. So I guess ultimately it really doesn't matter which aspect they help. Although presumably you'd want to help the aspect that is the best, but which one is the best out of those? They're all pretty awful. (laughs) (laughs) Shoot a dart at it. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. One of the themes in the story, I think, really, is that a person is shaped by their experiences. Mm -hmm. Because the aspect of arrogance is shaped by his interactions with Faith, and that's what makes him more likable, more palatable, more interesting. All the stuff that he goes through over the course of the story makes him into more than just arrogance, right? Yes. Presumably the other aspects are the same. They're shaped by their experiences. And so I guess by the end of the story, whatever story you're reading, you know, whatever God, there is a best version, right? Yeah. Whichever one had the most opportunities for growth and learning. Presumably that would be the one to reascend, although I don't think the High Father's method is really foolproof there. Let's see. So in addition to the, is it four soldiers? There's also the woman who was with the other god. So she was a, what they call her, a bed slave? Yeah. Yeah. And Lying Aaron purchased her for himself. She's been serving him and she's willing to serve Arrogance Aaron the same way. But it seems like that position may have already been filled. Question mark, question mark, question mark. Her name is Yulena. She's a pretty cool character, too. She ends up being the heroine in book four, I think. I haven't read book four yet. Is it out? I know only up to three is an audio. Yes, it got released this year. Okay, then. It was one that has been highly anticipated due to spoilers. Oh. um, About what happens to Yulena in this book. (gasps) Oh, it's awkward. Faith doesn't really know what to do with her. She kind of just wants to set her free. And Yelena is like, yeah, no, you can't just send me off without someone who is in charge of me or a guardian or whatnot, because they'll just re-enslave me and I may have a worse chance than I did before. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather just hang out with you guys if it's all the same to you. <laughs> That evening, they end up taking the biggest, nicest tent that Faith at first assumes was Lying Aaron's tent, but kind of slowly figures out that it really has all of Yulena's stuff in it because Lying Aaron didn't need to sleep, just like her Aaron doesn't need to sleep. (laughs) And she feels kind of shitty about kicking Yulena out of her own tent, but oh well, Aaron helps her just deal with that. No, it's our due. I am the god. In order to get to the spidey, they have to go to the city of Navarro. When they tell the new members of their group, (laughs) that's where they're going. They kind of seem weirded out by it. Like, yeah, no, (laughs) that's a weird place. We don't want to go there. They don't open their (laughs) gates to anyone. This is horrible. (laughs) But they end up going with because they want to follow Aaron And as they're traveling, I think it takes a couple days and the lying aspect wears off and Aaron is back to himself, his arrogant self again. 
it's all good. Faith makes friends with the other humans. At this point of the story, they feel like they're kind of equal to her. Although later it becomes more evident that she's obviously not because she belongs to Aaron. They get to Navarro. They welcome Aaron. They're super excited he's there. Oh, yes, of course. We'll host you. (laughs) But it's kind of odd. Oh, we share everything and hope that you share with us. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. One of the things that happens is the ladies, Faith and Yelena, get taken up to the lady of the castle's personal space by her, by the lady of the castle. And she's like, oh, yes, no, you can wear my clothes tonight and I'll wear yours. And she's all super excited about having this feast and wearing their clothes and the clothes that um, <laughs> Faith and Yulena are given to wear mm-hmm. is like a robe that doesn't really close perfectly all the way. <laughs> I think that's the best way to describe it, really, yeah. without quoting, because it's got like a really deep V in the neck, fastens at the waist, and then there's a slit in the skirt up the front, <laughs> <laughs> all the way up the front. Yulena is really nervous about going downstairs. She's like, no, I don't want to go down there. And they've been pretending that Yulena is the anchor this whole time and that Faith is the consort or something to protect Faith, which is a good ruse, but really sucks for Yulena. Yeah. She was okay with it, though, because she's serving the gods. That's what she's meant to do. Yelena is like, no, I don't want to go downstairs. Please don't make me go down there, Faith. And Faith's like, no, it's fine. I'll go down there. (laughs) When she gets down there, she realizes why Yelena didn't want to go. I don't know why they didn't explain this to her. (laughs) If if Yelena and the guys knew this whole deal, why didn't they tell Faith? But no, she gets to find out on her own. Lucky her. Apparently they share partners in Navarro (laughs) and it's totally normal and totally fine if you're into that but Faith is not into that yes Uh, (laughs) that is the important thing yes did you see that coming like when they were like the sharing the sharing did you could you tell that it was like oh yeah they mean people too I suspected because I believe earlier in the book we get a little bit of foreshadowing about the weirdos in Navarro Uh uh-huh and that they share women there or something because there's more men than women or something. And yeah, so I kind of suspected it. Did you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, as soon as they were, as soon as they were like, oh, we share. I'm like, Mm-mm. I don't think she's going <laughs> to like that. We do not. No, well, we don't. Aaron does like blood being spilled, so he's about to get real happy. Yeah. <laughs> that was my thinking. Yeah, so the reason the lady of the house was all excited and, like, getting all sexied up and everything was because she thought she was going to get to fuck Aaron. (laughs) Like, she was really into it. Yes. And she thought Faith was going to have to be with her husband and whoever else. But Aaron says no. And the lord of the house kind of tries to argue with Aaron about it, which I thought was kind of funny, too, (laughs) because he's like, no, we worship you. We are followers of you. But are you sure, though? Aren't we supposed to trade? I saw that and I was We're like, oh, God here. doesn't value his own life. <laughs> no, I know. You were arguing with a god. 
A grumpy god. <laughs> I know. An arrogant and grumpy god. Good luck, buddy. Clearly not the brightest. But at any rate, at any rate, Arian is like, no, and they have to accept it. And while they don't really like it, and the lady of the house is kind of pouty about it, oh well. This party also turns into an orgy. Apparently that's just a thing in this world. There's orgies. Woo-woo. So they stay in Navarro for a while. The lord of the house keeps trying to offer his army to Aaron. Oh, let me help you beat your other aspects. I want to help you win. Aaron is not into their army. He thinks they suck. And so (laughs) I don't know if he tells the Lord that they suck, but he's like, I don't need your army. Thanks anyway. He doesn't say thanks anyway. He's the aspect of arrogance. Of course he doesn't. There is a point during this first feast, I think, where Aaron kisses Faith and it really gets her going. And she starts to think, oh, maybe he's into me after all. Because this whole time she's been crushing on him pretty hard, lusting after him pretty hard, not really knowing where she stands with him. And so for him to kiss her, she thinks, oh, well, maybe that's a sign. But then later when they're up in the rooms where they're staying, she wants to progress it. And Aaron's like, yeah, no, I can't be distracted. (laughs) She decides she's going to break him down and make him want her. You will be distracted and you'll like it. Because mm. now she's realized that he's into her too, at least sexually. He thinks she's hot. He'd mm. fuck her maybe if he wasn't worried about being distracted. Oh, she gets Yulena in on it because Yulena, I don't know, everyone kind of just assumes that they're fucking anyway. Yulena, I guess, has realized that they haven't been, but she's willing to help help Faith out. <laughs> You know, get her all dressed up in one of her sexy gowns. And when Aaron comes back into the room, after a long day of not wanting to accept the offer of Navarro's army, he sees Faith lying there on the couch, like in this sexy gown. And she looks all hot and everything. Aaron looks at her and he's like, here, put this on. Like he <laughs> wants to cover her up. Because of course he does. Of course he does. And she says, she says no. And he goes, oh, you're not going to wear this? Okay. And so he turns around and pulls his knife out like he's going to go out the door. And she says, where are you going? And he says, to remove the men's eyes so they don't look upon you. (laughs) (laughs) So, of course, Faith is like, oh, okay, I'll put on the thing you want me to wear. I won't be all sexy. Whatever. (laughs) So Faith is really bored because they've been staying there a few, a few days and every day Aaron leaves her and Yelena and the guards alone to be safe while he goes off and strategizes and whatnot. She's become really buddy-buddy with all the guards. She's got them taking turns sleeping in her room so they don't get all tired and they play cards and joke and it's just a whole thing. Well... Aaron comes back one evening and he sees her all buddy buddy with the one of the guards is extra flirty and he sees her all buddy buddy with him and gets super pissed off and like chews him out and he's like oh no I would never so (laughs) all of them leave and it's just her and Aaron alone and he's like you're trying to make me jealous aren't you 
<laughs> so apparently it works. Uh, Faith's whole plot, even though she wasn't technically plotting at that point, I think she had given up or I don't know if she fully given up, but she'd at least given up that round of trying to tempt him after he threatened to cut out everyone's eyes. But he assumes that she's been trying to tempt him this whole time. I think she was just being friends with the other humans in the room. Because what else is she going to do? She's stuck there. She's just trying to pass the time. Be social. Aaron decides, okay, well, you belong to me. You're mine. And if you insist on this, I will pleasure you. But you don't get to touch me. I mean, it's not a bad deal. (laughs) (laughs) Faith is a little grumpy about it because, of course, she wants to touch him. So eventually they're done in Navarro. They've decided to move on to the spidey. And they set off on their wools. They got a whole bunch of supplies from the Lord. The whole relationship with Faith and the other humans has changed because they all realize, oh, wait, no, you're elevated above us. You're more special. We learn some of the legends or myths about Aaron. And one of them is his eyes. As I mentioned earlier, he has two different colored eyes. And the story behind that is he went and killed the dragon and he succeeded but then the god of the dead raised the dragon back up and the dragon managed to get Aaron's eye one of his eyes and so Aaron went and stole one of the god of the dead's eyes so they finally get to I think they call it the end of the world it's like this really weird sort of area and it just kind of feels off and off in the distance there's this tower and it's the tower of the spidey there's this i don't know like a moat but it seems bigger than a moat to me it's surrounded by water and it's just really smooth and glassy and gray and everything's really kind of creepy aaron decides oh we'll make a raft it'll be fine but then they see this raft come floating across the water and it's made out of like this weird white stuff spider webs hello (laughs) Aaron's like, oh, good, we're expected. So they all get on the raft. Everyone's creeped out except Aaron, who assumes everything's fine. They're using poles to pull across the water. And then something starts slithering under the raft. And it's just creepy and awful. And the slithery thing, I kind of pictured like tentacles or something, but I don't know. Um, Capsizes the raft. And so everyone's in the water. They're all freaking out. One of the men gets dragged underneath and he's just gone now. It's really sad. Faith is in danger and Aaron gets all pissed off. And so he's like floating above the pool and lightning is crackling and he like kills all the slithery things. But unbeknownst to him, he's pulling all that energy out of Faith and he almost kills her to do all that magic. He doesn't realize it. So she goes unconscious and she's been unconscious for a while. When she wakes up, she's in the spidey tower. Aaron is there, I think at first. They talk a little bit. He tells her what happened and he's so sorry and everything. But then she passes out again. When she wakes up again, Aaron isn't there. But Yelena and the other guys are there. Faith is feeling pretty much fine. She's starving again. I think she eats all of one of their food. Like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she eats all the rations for the day or something. Oopsie. 
she wants to go talk to Aaron and Yelena's like, oh, I think he's arguing with the spidey, the spider gods, the lords of fate. We get definitely a lot more spider themed stuff, like the walls of the tower are covered with spider webs. That raft was obviously made out of spider webs. Maybe there are spiders in the tower too. Uh, Faith goes looking for Aaron and she ends up in a room with a big web in it. It's like a special web. And it's very similar to the tapestry of fate or whatever. You know, if you are familiar with any other mythologies, only it's a spider web in this one. And one of the aspects of the spidey, and we don't know which one it is. It could be past, present, or future. I can't remember... I think he suggests he's one of them, maybe, but we're not sure. They're all kind of creepy, too. They're very odd. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're very interesting. But he gets her talking about the situation that she's in. He tells her about the web. He shows her this other web that is the reality that she's from, Earth, and how her thread is like stretched across between the two webs And in their web, it's intertwined with Aaron's and it's kind of fraying and breaking off of the earth side. He really kind of lays it all out for her where she now understands that, okay, that's great and all. You want to help Aaron and all that. But once he wins, the only way for him to ascend back to the ether is for you to die. Is that something you want to do? Because I could just put you back in Earth right now if you want. It's fine. I'll fix it. (laughs) But if I do that, your aspect of Aaron will lose. He'll die. Because you're the only thing anchoring him into this web. So Faith has another conundrum. I think at this point in the story, she's in love with Aaron. Yeah. She feels like her heart is breaking because she had hoped that maybe they could be happy together at some point. Once Aaron is the last god standing, as it were, now she realizes, no, we're never going to get to be together because I have to die for him to truly win, for him to truly ascend. Obviously, she's not going to take the selfish choice. This wouldn't be a romance if she did. True. It would be a different story if she did. Yes. After she tells the spidey that she's going to stay with Aaron and help him, He just plucks her on out of the earth web. Like, okay. (laughs) And that really freaks her out. Like, she's really upset by how casual he is about it, I think. And it's about that time she realizes that, like, the hem of her dress is, like, covered in, like, little mini threads and stuff. And she's like, are these babies? (laughs) It's really creepy. The atmosphere for this scene, I thought, was really well done. She leaves that room, goes off to find Aaron, manages to overhear him arguing with one of the other aspects of the spidey. And really, he just wants to find Faith. That's all he wants. Where is Faith? Why are you hiding her? It turns out that that conversation that she had in the web room, she was gone for days, even though it felt like minutes to her. So the spidey have been manipulating time. Aaron was freaking out because... I guess he went to go check on her and she woke up and she's been gone. Uh Uh-oh. Before she finds Aaron, though, she does get some advice from the one aspect of the spidey that she's talking to who tells her that 
they can stay as long as they want, basically. And that he suggests that after this, they go to Ishram, which is where they will meet their destiny. Yay. Woohoo. Destiny. Destiny. She's really struggling because the conversation she overheard with Aaron talking to the spaday, it sounded like he really cared about her too. I think at one point the spaday even says, well, we could give you a different anchor and then Faith could go home and everything would be fine. And Aaron's like, no, she <laughs> is my anchor. She is the only one for me. And the spaday's like, oh, did you fall in love with a human? And he's like, no, of course not. But come on. <laughs> <laughs> Faith asks Aaron if they can stay and hang out for a while. And Aaron agrees. They finally have the sex. Finally, finally, finally. Woo-woo. They have a lot of sex. This is the sexy part of the book. This is also where Faith tells Aaron that she loves him. And she asks him if he loves her. And he says, gods don't love. Which is really dark. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) But Faith doesn't feel bothered by this at all. She figures, eh, he's not. He just doesn't know. (laughs) So they stay and stay and stay and Aaron starts sparring with the men during the day and then making sweet, sweet love with Faith in the evening and they sleep together and it feels like this nice, warm, spider webby cocoon of happiness and joy, but it is very temporary. I guess <laughs> this is the second vacation of the book. You know, the first vacation was when they stayed with Omos and now they're with this bidet. Then one morning, Faith wakes up and Aaron's not in bed and he's not out sparring. He's just staring off into nowhere. And it turns out that the aspect of apathy got defeated and now Aaron is apathetic. I think that is the objectively worst aspect (laughs) to deal with anyway. Yeah. Because he really doesn't give a shit. Yeah, I wonder how many times apathy of any god would actually win yeah they'd have to win just purely out of luck i guess like the other god trips (laughs) (laughs) at the wrong moment or something (laughs) or the other aspect or the anchors are more educated on their role and play a bigger part yes in defeating the other aspects See, that isn't really brought up in this book at all, but I kind of wonder, because it is intimated that Aaron would have supposedly have been better off with someone who knew what they were doing, mm-hmm. um, because the anchor is supposed to guide the aspect. But if that's the case, then it really seems like the anchor does have quite a lot of power. Maybe in the olden days when they believed in the anticipation more or something and were more prepared for it. Maybe that would have been an interesting time for the anchors to kind of wrest some sort of control on the mortal realm for themselves. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine, like, perhaps, like, an aspect of apathy could potentially have won purely from that and then reascended once the anchor passes away. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's kind of weird, right? It is. We do meet a god that is the aspect of apathy later, and it is rather hellish, the whole situation. So we'll describe that in a few. But yeah, I think that's the worst aspect. The others, it seems like they at least have some sort of drive or motivation or something behind their their sin or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. 
but it feels like the apathy one, like maybe they do have a drive or something, but it's crushed under the apathy. Aaron is apathetic for a while and it's really awful. After a couple days, he turns back into regular Aaron. They decide they're going to leave. It's time to go on to Ishram and meet their destiny. But over the course of the time that they've been staying there, Faith mentioned to the Spidey that maybe they needed an anchor because they're creepy fucks. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Out of all the gods to need anchors, maybe they do. (laughs) And the Spidey have been intrigued by this. And by the time Aaron and Faith are ready to leave, Yelena decides she's going to be the anchor for the Spidey. She wants to serve the gods. She hasn't been able to serve Aaron in any way that she feels that would make him want to keep her around. And really, that's all she wants. She wants to be important enough to be kept safe, I think. This is a survival decision for her. And so she's left behind with the spidey. And Faith is kind of sad. I don't think Aaron gives a shit, but... One of the guys, the flirty one, he and Yulena had been kind of hooking up and he's really upset about this. He goes from being like friendly and easygoing to just kind of sullen and not easygoing. (laughs) Like not great. We get a time jump of about a month and they've made it to Yishram and there's a full on battle, like a siege going on. Aaron is super into Yishram. He loves the army i think is the cyclope or something he thinks they're the best army in the world and they're faithful to him and that's why he wanted to go there and ally with them ally with them i don't know get them to help him (laughs) get them to serve him (laughs) (laughs) yet he sees his other aspect hedonism has been laying siege to their stronghold he figures that the only reason that they've been willing to lay siege is because they have the power of the god behind them otherwise why would they right right and so they decide they're going to continue on to ishram aaron is going to take their side and help them win As they're traveling, we get to learn Aaron's origin story, which I thought was great that the author put that in there. But I guess he was a mortal at one point and he was a literal butcher. So when they call him the butcher (laughs) god of battle, it's because he's a literal butcher. His village was invaded and most of the men were gone because they were conscripted and he ended up saving everybody. And the high father was so impressed that he was made a god. I thought that was great. Mm hmm. Aaron has this whole plan, the king of Ishram, King Matthew, who, okay, so this book has a prequel and the story of the king, King Matthew and his wife is part of the prequel. FYI, not that I'm a Ruby Dixon fan or anything, (laughs) not that I haven't read pretty much all of her books, um, because I have, (laughs) except for this latest one, this bidet one. And you call yourself a fan. I know. How dare (laughs) I wait so long? It's because if I read it now, I'll have to wait to read the next one she releases. And I don't want to have to wait. So I'm waiting now. I know it's not logical. Whatever. (laughs) So you say. (laughs) Aaron has a plan. He's going to cause a diversion. And the men are going to sneak 
Faith into this secret passage that goes to the queen's chamber. He knows about this passage because the king is one of his most loyalist followers and made a lot of prayers about hooking up with this queen. And <laughs> so he's kind of privy to their life, I guess. All right. So that happens. Faith ends up getting brought through like this crypt. Luckily, the people living there have laid heavy stones over the top of the coffin so the dead can't escape. <laughs> Because remember, people aren't staying dead right now. <laughs> she gets all the way through the crypt into the queen's bedchamber. It takes a while, but ultimately she convinces the queen, yeah, no, I'm the anchor of another aspect of Aaron and he wants to join your side. He wants you to help me out. They're thrilled because they've been dealing with this siege for months, I think, like a long ass time. It's never going to end until they all die, apparently. Everyone is super excited that Aaron is joining them. He wants their army to help him. He's going to lead them to victory. Or all the men are thrilled anyway. The queen and Faith, not so much because they realize, you know, this isn't the point of it. Like, okay, so you guys can go to battle every day, fight each other and kill people and, and all that. But until we defeat the other anchor, it's just going to keep going forever. And Aaron's like, no, no, it's fine. I'll figure it out. <laughs> and the king is like, no, it's great. I love this. Fighting is awesome. So now it's a whole thing. So now every day, Aaron and the king and all the army go out and fight the other army. And Aaron returns. He's all bloody. He gets clean. He and Faith have sex and... He reassures her he's got everything handled and Faith is like, are you sure though? <laughs> she's in a position where she's kind of stuck. But one day she's talking to the queen and the queen talks about how they actually have another aspect of a different god with them. And that's why they haven't been running out of food. And this is where we get introduced to an aspect of apathy. So I think her name is Magra or Magra. But the goddess of the harvest aspect that they have is apathetic and she's just laying in a bed, not giving a shit. Faith <laughs> wants to go meet her because that's the goddess that almost worships and she has a message to give her, but <laughs> Magra doesn't give a shit because she's apathetic. Mm -hmm. Her anchor just looks like they're at death's door. They're just not doing <laughs> well. They're haggard. And apparently, Magra's been draining her anchors, multiple anchors, because they've been replacing each other, to refill the stores of food for the castle. And she won't stop because she just doesn't give a shit. <laughs> so here she is. She's got an anchor. She's using the life force of the anchor to work this magic, which in theory sounds great because they're not going to run out of food. But eventually the anchor dies and a new one takes their place. I'm not sure exactly how that works because I don't think they can die before a new one takes the place of another one. I think that was one of the questions in this story that I don't feel was really answered. And it's brought up a couple times because um, the Spadet offer to replace Aaron's anchor with a different person. And here... Magra has been replacing her anchor over and over again, apparently. 
Jeez. How does that work? Special? I don't know. <laughs> She's the high father's favorite. But it's just creepy. This is another part of the book that just really kind of creeped me out. This goddess is has entrenched herself in your castle and won't leave and is slowly draining people of their life <laughs> who are volunteering for the good of everyone else, I guess. Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, which again makes me question the high father like is he thinking this through i don't know <sighs> never question the high father there's also an attempt on faith's life they've been taste testing her food and one of her men manages to see that the woman taste testing faith's dinner one day wasn't really eating the food they figure out that someone has realized who the anchor is in the situation and they're trying to off her. This kind of brings things to a boiling point where Faith is like, okay, I'm going to take matters into my own hands. Like this is not working for me every day. Aaron goes out for battle, puts the lives of all the army that he's allied with at risk every single day for what they never gain any ground. It's just a bloodbath, like a endless bloodbath which is another kind of chilling aspect of this whole situation mm -hmm. to be fair yeah because the two gods seemingly are totally fine with that faith has a conversation with her guys and they make a plan the one that was angsty over yulena has decided he's gonna go out he's gonna ingratiate himself with the other army he's gonna find out what tent the anchor is staying in and make a marking of a spider on the tent for them to know. And then they can target the anchor and get rid of them. And then win the war for Aaron. Yay. Yay. So even though Faith really doesn't want him to, he goes off and does what he says he will, presumably. Meanwhile, some of the wizards have made a couple spyglasses for the amusement, I guess, of the queen and Faith. And so they go up on the tower and they use the spyglasses every day to scope out all the different tents and try to find the one that has a spider mark on it. So a few days pass and Faith gets a special delivery and it's the head of her guy that went off to go mark the tent. In addition to the spyglasses, they also made this grenade apparently they has god's fire they call it and it is just like this burning it'll blow up like a whole area small enough to fit in a pocket <laughs> mm. <laughs> how convenient faith and the queen are looking around trying to find a tent with a spider on it because faith will just not let go she's sure that he succeeded before he got caught and they managed to find a tent with the spider on it and faith decides she's gonna be the one to go take care of this other anchor she tells the guys her guards you know i'm gonna go do this before aaron gets back because he won't let me and once he realizes that one of the men is dead <laughs> he's not gonna let me like he'll be watching so the other guards say they'll go with her she dresses up like a like a horror i think yeah because that's how she'll fit in as a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Women in this world, you can be a slave or a whore or a queen, I guess. Or a farmer's wife. Hmm. 
they manage to sneak through the camp. They they get stopped a couple times. It's kind of shady, but Faith makes it to the tent, sneaks inside, sees this whole interaction between hedonism Aaron and his anchor. They seem to be in a sexual relationship. She seems to be in love with Aaron also, her aspect. After hedonism Aaron leaves, Faith goes to attack but the other anchors saw her in the mirror and stabs her in the stomach Uh oh and so faith has got an abdomen wound it's not looking good for her she makes the grenade blow up which catches the other anchor on fire so now it's basically a race to the death whoever dies first (laughs) loses (laughs) The other woman is screaming and burning to death and Faith is lying in a pool of her own blood bleeding out while the tent catches on fire. It's pretty great. The other woman dies first. Aaron manages to find Faith and he's telling her, you're not allowed to die. How dare you do this? Stop it. (laughs) I'm a god. Faith is like, I was always going to die, Aaron. I have to die for you to ascend to the ether so aaron's pissed (laughs) (laughs) he tells faith he loves her he's never gonna forget her and she says gods don't love and it's okay and then she dies now she's dead but she's in like this gray foggy place she's ended up in the i guess waiting room of the dead (laughs) uh presumably her body got burned i would guess because they've been burning all the dead now Because the dead haven't been staying dead. And so she has no body to go back to. And so she's stuck in this gray waiting area. She runs back into her two guards that also died. So that's nice. They're still here too. It's okay. They're in the waiting room of the dead. Eventually they'll go to their version of heaven. You know, the afterlife that Aaron runs. Because they were followers of him. But for now they're dead in the waiting room. And time passes. We don't even know how much time passes. And she can't really tell. And she doesn't really seem to care either. It's weird. Like, she's just in this passive sort of state almost. But eventually, the god of the dead shows up and summons her. He's like, do you actually love him? Because he's gone to war with me now. Because he wants you back. (laughs) He's really pissed off that it turns out you had to die for him to ascend. (laughs) And he went up to the High Father and demanded your return. And they fought. It made the world flood. (laughs) And now he's storming the underworld. (laughs) Aaron makes a deal with the God of the Dead to return the eye that he stole. And then he'll get faith back. Which, yay. Yay. Part of the whole thing is he convinced the High Father that his method of fixing all the problems with the different gods is messed up and maybe they need an anchor all the time (laughs) so they won't lose touch with mortality. And so Faith gets to be his anchor for all eternity. She goes to his land, his part of the ether. Her job is now to... Be his anchor forevermore. Give him human perspective. Remind him of his humanity and whatnot. Help him do his godly duty of battle godding. (laughs) 
now that she's in the ether, she has this special web that is like a magic portal and she's able to visit with Yelena through the web. So we learn that Yelena's fine and all the men that served her, the ones that died, are with her in the ether now. They get to have battle heaven. Apparently now people have a special sign for faith, the humans, and Aaron says that maybe she'll be worshipped or have prayers about, like, directed (laughs) toward her at some point. The whole situation is kind of interesting because she's now effectively immortal, even though she's still human. She still has to eat and sleep and all that. But she's going to live forever in the ether with Aaron. So how is she going to help him maintain his humanity? Like, after a certain point, would she be able to? I don't know. That's an excellent question. I don't know. (laughs) That was something that I thought was... Of course, I mean, how would you answer that? Because you want the story to be happy, right? Theoretically. We're not going to fast forward. Well, I guess you could, but the author didn't fast forward, you know, like a couple millennia to see how they were doing. (laughs) That's what I wondered, like then I guess the the thing would start all over again. Like, that's the High Father going, you know what? Maybe you don't value mortals enough. Or something. So they get thrown back and then get attached to, quote-unquote, Earth. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, maybe if in a later book, which I don't know if it's happened yet, but maybe if in a later book, like, you get to meet the High Father, it would show some of these things. Give some insight. yeah. Is it just because they're being brats, or in what way are they being brats? What is it that triggers him to be like, is it a percentage, or do they rise up against him? And he's like, nope, we're just going to do this again. Yeah. Hard reset, (laughs) or something, I don't know. (laughs) Interesting questions. All right, so basically at this point, the story is about over. We do learn, though, that... Faith is pregnant with Aaron's baby, so they're going to have a baby god. Yay! Yay! Hercules, Hercules. (laughs) Or Heracles, technically. (laughs) The end! Woohoo! Yeah, so how was the audiobook? The audiobook was good. It was narrated by uh, Kendall Taylor, and I think that she did really well with the couple. Good, strong performances. (laughs) <laughs> she did a really great job when Liar Aaron was doing his thing. Oh, that was oh, so really? fun. Yeah. Because that can be really tricky, like, if you don't put the emphasis in the right spot, which I don't know how it was written, but, you know, it can be very tricky. Yeah, because he does, he's very careful about how he words things. Yes. Read my mind, please. Yeah. No, it was good. Good, good. Are you happy for their happy? I'm happy for them. Yeah, I feel like... They got to a good place by the end. Faith will not allow herself to be ignored, and he has a better appreciation for things, and if he doesn't, Faith will keep him in line. <laughs> as much <laughs> as one can, a god. Yeah, no, I I think so. What about you? I am too. I am happy for them. I mean, worries aside, you know, a few millennia from now or whatever, but I think that they're well-suited. I think that the love story was believable. I think the chemistry was good. They both seemed truly happy at the end yeah. with how things turned out. Yes. So that made me feel good about the ending too. 
I think one of the interesting things to think about with this story is how the the world of Eos, you know, their their world mm-hmm. will change over time mm. due to the expanding pantheon of gods. Because essentially the anchors of these gods will become godlike too, right? Or worshipped that way. Depends on potentially. If, if the mortals like them enough. Right. And then what about the baby too? Yeah. Demigod? Who knows? Yeah. So it's it's kind of interesting. A lot of opportunity for other stories to be told that aren't just about the gods in this current time period. Another spreadsheet. Right. <laughs> One of the things about Ruby Dixon, one of the good, yeah, I think good, but things about her is she's very prolific, mm-hmm. very, very prolific, and she will do a spinoff off of a spinoff. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you never know. <laughs> Let's rate them. How did you rate Faith? I thought she was extremely awesome. I really liked her. I liked her... It's not just her feistiness, because other heroines get that moniker, too. Oh, they're feisty. It's like, yeah. It's like, sometimes, I don't know. Sometimes I think it gets thrown around a little too much. Or they just don't fully live up to the feistiness, one of the two. But she definitely does. And she does not take crap. And I very much appreciate that for her. (laughs) Yeah. And I like that about her. So, yeah, I loved her. What about you? I rate Faith awesome. I think she's hilarious. She's not only feisty, but she's like a smart ass too. Mm-hmm. I really appreciated that. And it really helped with the dynamic between her and Aaron. Yes. One of the other things I really liked about her character was that she wasn't a really religious person. Mm-hmm. And so didn't really seem to have, for a lot of the story, much of a grasp on what Aaron's godhood actually meant yes and so didn't really let that affect how she interacted with him and I really liked that a lot of the time you'll have and it's not that the heroines themselves feel beaten down but I think as a reader you and I feel a little beaten down if the heroine is in a situation with a with a hero who will just take over everything and it becomes her whole life Uh uh-huh yeah and and this did happen in this story you know i mean she did become magically entangled with him and it took over her whole life and her death and her eternity but the way she interacted with him made it not only palatable but like fun and and good i i enjoyed it because she doesn't back down from him at all no ever And when she thinks he's doing something bad, she's willing to go behind his back to fix it. Yes. And then ultimately she's given a choice whether or not she will stay with him. Because when they're in the Spidae's Tower, they let her know, if you stay here, this will be your fate. And she chooses that. Yeah, she still retains her agency as much as she can, as often as the story allows. I think that helps... That helps her to maintain her feistiness, and I think it also gives the reader hope and doesn't let them feel too beaten down by everything or too suffocated 
Yes, I think so. I thought it was a really good choice for the author. I I was thrilled, genuinely thrilled, when Aaron left her. I know. I was like, that is amazing. I love this. This is great. <laughs> and I know it's a weird thing to, to like, but like you said, there's so many stories that have this, he fixes everything. All she has to do is exist. And it's like, ugh, ugh. Yeah, and... And in this story, she had to fix it. Yeah. She's the whole reason he won. How did you rate Aaron? He kind of oscillated back between awesome and awkward. I think he's awesome. I'm still not sure. I think it's, it is, <laughs> it is, it's that alpha thing. And I will totally own up to my bias of disliking it. So that may be informing my opinion. It's a real hard thing for me to get over. I think it is exceedingly well done in the story. And I think this is the first time where that trope has been presented where I'm like, no, no, that totally makes sense. Yeah. Because the whole God thing. (laughs) I I can't justify it with anything else, or at least I haven't been able to. You know, any other supernatural or paranormal being. Like, I I don't care. Regardless of what the writer's justification I'm like, no, you're just selling, you're repackaging and selling me something I already don't like. <laughs> you know, maybe the rest of the story will be interesting enough to where I'll find it tolerable. But no, with this story really works. As far as Aaron himself, I mean, it makes sense. Like, his his arrogance makes sense. His it, He makes sense. I just, I have a hard time being like, that trope, awesome. That might be a shortcoming <laughs> on my part. So I, I don't really know how to rate him. <laughs> I guess awesome. I don't know. He's a god. I should call him awesome. I don't know. If ever a time is, it's been appropriate. What about you? <laughs> <laughs> I rate Aaron awesome. I think he's just a great character. I really enjoyed him. I thought he was funny. I think yes. that's really what saved him for me. Yes. Is the way the author wrote him. He was just so funny in his arrogance. Even though we weren't ever inside his head it seemed to me there were times that he kind of struggled with it Mm, because mm -hmm. he wasn't able to communicate in the way that he wanted to due to the arrogance. It's almost like a curse that the high father gives each of the aspects that they have to overcome. I thought it was well-written. I feel like we get a really good understanding of Aaron as a character. I really like getting to understand multiple aspects of him. I thought that was great and interesting. I was a little disappointed that we didn't meet the apathy aspect, really. Although we did meet Aaron overcome with it, I guess. But I kind of wonder what the story is with apathy, Aaron. (laughs) One of the things I especially liked about Aaron is that he seemed to appreciate Faith's irreverence so much. Mm -hmm. It just really helped. (laughs) Yeah. Because he is such an ass. (laughs) <laughs> he really is. But yeah, like like you said, I think one of the saving graces for for his character is he is an ass that we poke fun at. And it's okay. Yeah. And there's a reason for him to be an ass. Yeah. Yeah, totally. With other stories, that isn't always the case. It's like, no, no, you're supposed to take this guy seriously. And then, yes, that's right. where the feisty heroine with him. And then she cracks the joke. But it's never, I don't know. It's never at his expense or he, he can't laugh at himself. Not really. It's like, dude, if you can't laugh yeah. at yourself, 
and the stupid <laughs> shit you get up to, because we all get up to stupid shit. It's it's inhuman yeah, and it's creepy and it's it's unsettling. And it's hard to relate to. Yeah. I don't know that I can relate to Aaron. You know, he is a god and everything. But I felt empathy for him, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I felt like there were points where I kind of understood where he was coming from, maybe. Yeah, because he I struggled. Was... He was a god with problems. Yeah. A god without problems. Like Superman. Where, where's... Why do I care? Yeah, he's boring, mm-hmm. right? What about the antagonist slash villains, M? Okay, so my list is a little weird, but what's new? <laughs> so, High Father, obviously. Although, really, he's the reason the story exists. So, is he an antagonist? I don't know. Those web watcher people, definitely. Yeah, the Spidey. It's, it's a bit creepy. The not Aaron's. The not Aaron Aaron's. I listed them. All of all of these, I feel like, were effective in their antagonistic roles. It, it makes sense that the High Father would do something and then be absent. Like, no, not my problem right? anymore. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Drop him off at daycare. Just leave. <laughs> Never to return. Uh, he went off to get milk eons ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that totally makes sense. So yeah, I mean, they were all antagonistic in inappropriate ways, I felt. And then I had a question for you. I sort of put faith on this list. The reason being, like, maybe a future antagonist in another story. Because at the end, she wants to play matchmaker. Like, she wants to join the spinners or whatever. Oh, yeah. She and Yelena have this plan to fix up the living members of her guard with the right person for them mm-hmm. so they can live happily ever after too i was like that's a little <laughs> shady i don't know about that <laughs> we're doing it for their own yeah, good. that's funny <laughs> i kind of brushed that off because i'm like eh, romance of course we want everyone to be happy but you're right <laughs> it is like kind of creepy i'm like they did it to you you like you literally cannot have any problem with it if you're then gonna turn around and do the exact same thing. <laughs> I know. I can't beat them, join them. Oh, I don't man. know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, That's I'm going to be point. a god. That means I must mess around in the lives of mortals. <laughs> yes, I must meddle, mm-hmm. of course. So anyway, what about you and your list? It's probably way more accurately written. Uh... I don't know. I put the High Father as well. I feel like the High Father's kind of an ass himself. <laughs> we don't really get to meet him in this story. All of the interactions with him happen off screen, off page or whatever. But I just feel like he's kind of short-sighted. That's what I mean. Like, maybe they rose up against him and that's why he's like, bye! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe this is just like my, you know, mortal misunderstanding of what a god really is or whatever but he seems pretty flawed himself that he has these other gods under him and he can't keep them in line and then his his solution is to send them to earth and have them rediscover what humanity is but in the process kill a bunch of humans well here's the thing is if something is sentient can you really control it keeping something in line like can you really there's trying to control it. And if you big it, 
build a big enough cage for something, maybe. I get where you're coming from, and, and yeah, I think you're right. I guess for me, I was just thinking of it from the sense of how powerful the High Father is. Is he mm. an omniscient, omnipresent, all-powerful entity? And if he is, then he would be able to control them. Yeah. So since he can't, then he's not, right? Mm-hmm. Or does he just not want to? Is this all a game to him? I don't know. He seems kind of flawed to me. Like, I don't know what the rules for the High Father are, you know? Maybe we'll find out later. I mean, if it's anything like Greco-Roman god and goddesses and Norse and Irish mythology, all of that, you know, Celtic mythology, you know, they're flawed because humans are flawed. They look up at the sky and they see themselves. So, of course he's flawed. It was hard for me to understand um, what type of god the High Father is, because if you look at mythology from our history, often there is like a god king or whatever, but they're still just a normal god. Zeus, for example, he has the two brothers that he split up the world with or whatever. Mm -hmm. Same with Norse mythology, same with other mythologies. It's not like there's one over all the others necessarily Mm -hmm. and so i kind of question the place of the high father in this story because is he is he over the others i mean he is over he is over the others because he is able to kick them out of the ether Mm -hmm. and send them on these quests right yes so where does that end like where does his power end i don't i don't know i have no answers and we may be thinking about this more than. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I give I give Ruby Dixon a lot of credit. I'm sure she probably did think about some of this stuff. And maybe she has some. Yeah, she may be saving it for some later. Answers in her brain. Yeah. <laughs> in which case, you know, mum's the word because she wants to use it. So, of course, I thought he was a villain. I thought he was effective, even though he's off page. But he did cause all of it. Mm hmm. Some lesser villains are the people that Faith interacts with at the beginning of the story, like Sinon, the Mm. guy who buys her, Mm -hmm. the prelate. I thought he was a really excellent villain. Yes. Kind of showcasing how a position of authority can become corrupted Mm -hmm. and how, how... traditions can be created that have like no basis in reality you know like this isn't in the scrolls why aren't you following the scrolls exactly there's no textual well, we've always done this support for <laughs> what he wants yeah. to happen he's just like well god isn't around so yeah this is this is totally what aaron wants mm-hmm. yeah i thought that whole part of the story was just great and I, I thought he was really effective as a villain. He was kind of like a a slimy sort of guy, yeah, right? Yeah, Carl Salesman. Of course, the other aspects of Aaron, because we want our Aaron, Faith's Aaron, to succeed. The Aaron with Faith. Yes, yes. And then, of course, the Spidey. I thought they were, they were like such interesting characters or an interesting character. I don't even know how to... yeah talk about them i'm really looking forward to reading that fourth book (laughs) i'll know more after that i guess (laughs) 
but I thought they were just fascinating and it really felt like they were pulling all the strings as it were. (laughs) Yeah, they were very creepy. (laughs) Yeah, I thought the author did a great job with setting the tone of that whole part of the book. And then, of course, I'll bring up some of the ones you didn't talk about, like the rulers of Navarro. (laughs) Yes, all the power hungry people. Yeah, all the people that are trying to make Aaron work for them, essentially, Mm -hmm. take advantage of having a god on their side or whatever. And then, of course, there's Aaron himself, because, well, not even him, I guess, like the aspect of arrogance. Mm hmm that he has to prevail against in order to learn his lesson. Man versus aspect of man. <laughs> yeah, something like that. I don't know. <laughs> God versus self. <laughs> God versus <laughs> mirror. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, how'd you rate the book? Uh, I really enjoyed the book. I gave it a 4.5. Nice. So, yes, very entertained. What about you? I rated it a five. Nice. This is the third time I've read this book. I am in (laughs) love with this series. Uh, I first started reading Ruby Dixon when she was, I mean, she still is, but I first started reading her sci-fi stuff and then went back and read like her back catalog. Like she has motorcycle romances and I think bear shifters or something. Oh, right. You told me about that. Yeah, and then she went on this whole, like, Ice Planet Barbarian kick and all the spinoffs surrounding that world. Then she releases this book, and it's just, like, completely different. Mm -hmm. And I just fucking loved it. Like, I was like, oh, wow. I remember when she posted on her Facebook page something like this was, like, her secret project that she's been working on when she's not writing her other books. Yeah, it was just, ugh, just chef's kiss (laughs) who knew i wanted a fantasy romance so badly because before i read this one i was staying away from fantasy romances i was like "Eh, i want aliens (laughs) (laughs) but this has helped me broaden my horizons and now i read other things too how about that nice woo woo (laughs) i know Uh, But to speak about the book directly, I think that it was just so well written. I especially enjoyed the world building, which I always do with her books. I love that she created a whole religion Mm -hmm. and world and societies, different societies, depending on what city you're in. And just the task of revealing a hero without being in his head in the narration. Yeah. And she she just did such a good job with it. And it was a difficult one, too, because he's 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 a god, you know, yeah. and, he, and he's like this arrogant asshole. And she was able to make me like him anyway. <laughs> I thought that was just peak talent, of course. Um, I'm such a fan girl. I also really, really enjoyed the character of Faith. I just thought she was. Yeah. So fun. I loved the humor, like the fact that she was named Faith. I loved all the interactions between her and Aaron. And I especially enjoyed just diving into the world and learning about it and being able to trust the author to guide me through it, you know, and it was satisfying. And I'll probably read the book again in another year or two. We'll see. 
<laughs> it's that good to me. I don't know. Hey, that's amazing. That's wonderful. You know, it's a happy book. Well, this may be obvious, but did you feel romanced? Well, yes, I did. <laughs> I just, I think their story is so good. I think their chemistry is great. I love that it was a slower burn. Mm -hmm. When I first started reading it, I mean, I trust Ruby, of course, but I was like, I don't know how I'm going to be happy with her ending up with a god. Like, I just don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I was right to trust because I was. <laughs> she made it okay. <laughs> Were you romanced? No. Boo. I know. I was really, I really enjoyed it, though. I'm so happy. And like I've even I even started like the second book. So I was very entertained. <gasps> I liked it. But you don't like it when I lie. So I won't lie and say that I was romanced when I wasn't. But I was very entertained and I did really enjoy it. I was so worried that you weren't going to like it because I fucking love it and I was like, "Oh, it's so good." And I thought you would like it, but then there was that piece of me that was like <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> and then there's another piece of me that was like, if we do another series, maybe we should do this one. Yeah, I'm game. Maybe we'll need to put the other books on the on the list. We'll see. All right. Well, what else are you reading? I'm almost finished with it. I've got a couple hours left. It is Mythos by Stephen Fry. I think you will really like it if you listen to it. It's a great uh, British humor. Fry earnestly and humorously retells ancient Greek myths, highlighting origins Ooh. of words, cultural perspectives, and interesting facts like Argus definitely had 100 eyes. That's a fact. Obviously. Whimsy. Uh, so yeah, so there's definitely stories that you would expect to be there, like Pandora and her box, Prometheus and his flame, or our flame now. Psyche's love story, a personal favorite of mine. Baton's swan song, just to name a few. Like there's there's a lot of them. I just an example of with the origins of words. So man coming from Manos hand started out as a gender neutral term till about a thousand years ago. Yeah, anyway, it's it's really fun. It's super interesting. It is also part of a series. I will probably go on to read the others. I just I'm plugging away. Uh, but, like, I forget the other ones in the series, like Heroes and other things. But anyway, this is the myth one, and is very, very good. You should totally, totally listen to it. You would like it. Yeah, I think I'll actually put that one on my list. Yeah, since he himself narrates it, since the author narrates it, you'll just, you'll really like it. Anyway, what have you been reading? I recently finished Strange Love by Aaron Aguirre. It is a sci-fi romance. It is the first in the Galactic Love series. Mm -hmm. It is just so good. So cute. Our heroine is Beryl. She is a human woman. She's working at, I think, like a Renaissance fair or something. Anyway, but she's like cleaning up. It's the end of the day when she is abducted by aliens. Ooh. The alien who abducts her is Xyler. He is kind of like a bug-inspired alien. The author does write in her author's note what she based him on, like his biology and whatnot, but I can't remember it right now. But 
He mistakenly abducts her because he is on the way to pick up his mail order bride, kind of. Oh. And got (laughs) misdirected to the wrong planet and thought he was rescuing her. Oops. Long story short, in his culture, to have a mate and a family, they have to participate in the annual choosing So a couple will decide they're going to participate in the choosing together. And then both members of the couple have to complete a series of challenges that may cost them their lives. Okay. And then at the end, if they both survive and they still decide they want to choose each other, they participate in challenges together against all the other surviving couples that still want to be together. And then based on their score, they may or may not get to be together. Oh, Okay. And you're only allowed to participate a certain number of times before you get kicked off the marriage market and get turned into a drone. Oh, no. Or have to leave the planet. So this is his last chance. And he convinces Beryl to help him out. Fingers crossed for him. There's such a great sense of humor in this story. Beryl gets abducted with her dog. Aww. And... When Zyler recognizes that, oh, oops, I abducted the wrong person. I'm going to have to communicate with them. He gives them both translators. And so the dog can communicate with everybody. (laughs) And the dog character is so great. His name is Snaps. And he's just hilariously a dog. I just can't get over it. So cute. Oh, that's great. Yeah, Beryl is such a great heroine, too. She's very resilient and smart. And then Zyler is such an adorable, awkward guy. He's self-conscious and insecure. He's failed the choosing every every chance because his colors aren't attractive enough. Aww. But Beryl doesn't care about his colors because that's not what she cares about in a mate. <laughs> Fair. Can he believe that she really wants him? I don't know. (laughs) You'll have to read it to find out. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's it for this time. (laughs) Three and a half hours later when I told you we were doing really good on being short lately. Sorry. Well, I, yeah, it's fine. (laughs) We also got a later, later start than we meant to. And that was my fault. And, And my cat. There have been things. And cat. And breaks. If you hear a ball rolling around, it's my kitten. Sure it is. He's decided it's playtime. Nope, it's you. (laughs) I was gonna say, you want ball time. (laughs) Don't play with my balls. (laughs) I'll play with my balls later. (laughs) Check out our website, romancemepodcast.com, for our show notes, other episodes, and our upcoming reads. Don't forget, you can subscribe on Apple, Google, Amazon, or Spotify. Or you could try to find us on our social media. Links on our website. We don't go there, but... You could you could try to find us, but we hide. <laughs> <laughs> we hide. <laughs> and there's no Twitter anymore, so good luck with that. It's X now. Is it really? Yeah. Clearly, I keep up with shit. As in X marks the spot? Is that, yes. is that what the... Oh, okay. Clever. Um, <sighs> moving on to more clever things. 
Were you romanced by Faith and Aaron's story? Let us know what you think if you can. If we're there. If you can find us. If you can think. (laughs) (laughs) Otherwise, join us next time when we discuss Beard in Mind by Penny Reed. Yay, Penny Reed! Yay! Goodbye, boy. Dude, did you know that there is a tomato called the Great White Tomato? Does it have teeth? Not that I'm aware of. It is a yellow tomato. There is also a tomato that That is... That is not as advertised. (laughs) And there's a red tomato, and it's called the Hangover Tomato. I wonder if that's what they use to make Bloody Marys with. Huh. Just random knowledge for you to have. Sharing is caring. Unless you're in Navarro. That's what she's thinking of. <laughs>